be real. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, I don't, I, I, I love saying he has risen indeed, but I want to make sure that it's not a formula, you know, uh, because formulas are not what it's about. It, it's about so much more than that. If you'd like to turn to 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 is a passage of scripture that is, is the passage about the resurrection and, and about the resurrection body. And uh, we're actually not going to the best part of it. In my mind, the best part of this is where it talks about the bodies we're going to get as opposed to the bodies we have. The bodies we have is a seed. The body we're going to have is what grows out of that seed. It's, it's cool. But before we get there, we're going to talk about what today is. The resurrection is real. It is real indeed. It is real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, is, it, is, it is real. So let me read, uh, reread what we had for our scripture reading. 1 Corinthians 15, 16 through 22. As soon as I find it. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. And, and we have this wonderful promise. And, and the first half of that, verses 16 through 19, is this false Christianity that, that is out there. And, and it's a strange animal. It calls itself Christian, but it doesn't think the resurrection is important. It doesn't think the resurrection is an ex a significant thing. It doesn't think scripture is true. It doesn't think miracles happened. It doesn't think the reality of these things is important. I've talked to people who say, you know, it's not the reality of the thing that's important. It's the idea that it presents. It's the hope. It's a metaphor. For, and I'm going, it's it hurts my head to think of Christianity as a metaphor for anything. The symbols for Christianity, for most Christians, you know, we have the cross, we have the fish, we have, uh, you know, resurrect Easter Sunday, we, Resurrection Sunday, we have the stone rolled away from the tomb. You know what the symbol is for that kind of Christianity? The vegan cheeseburger on glucose-free buns, right? It's, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a nothing thing, you know? It's, it, it's not real. Everything about it is fake. It, 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 it's a symbol of something good. You know what, it's, you know what a vegan-free burger says? It says, I really want a hamburger. <laughs> it's like, otherwise, why would you order that? What you're doing is you're admitting what you desire but can't have. That's, that's the only reason I can see for eating something like that. Well, what, what is the idea of Christianity without the resurrection? Uh, what is the idea of Christianity if Scripture is not true? Well, it's, it's like saying, you know, I wish it was true, but I don't believe it. I only wish it could be, but I don't see how it could be, so I'm going to settle for something less. I'm going to settle for something uh, shadowy instead of something real and something substantial. And, and what's amazing is about this kind of non-faith Christianity, maybe the most amazing thing about it, is that it was real when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians. When Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, it was about 55 A.D. The church was 25 years old. 
worldwide. This church right here is older than the entire church uh, around the world was at that time, right? The church came, came to birth after Christ rose from the dead, right? Around 30 AD, 55 AD, it's 25 years old max, right? Maximum is 25 years old, and, and they're already having this non-resurrection Teaching? Someone's coming into the church and trying to say there was no resurrection. You go, how could this absurdity happen that quickly? You know, I have been saved for 40 years. I have, I have followed Christ for 15 years longer than anyone on the planet at that time, except for Mary who followed him when he was in diapers, you know, and cleaned up behind him. But other than that, you know, it, 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 it is a, such a short time. And already people are claiming to, to follow Christ while denying there is such a thing as a resurrection. And Paul in this passage is talking about the absurdity of such a thing. It doesn't make sense. It can't work. Uh, it, 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 it has no... Uh, it, if you're looking for advice, I mean, if you're looking for advice on how to live a good life, if you want to have, have peace in life, you know, go find a Buddhist uh, and, and listen to him. Because he's got all sorts of advice about how to find peace in life without salvation. Right? Go find your guru and ask him how you can find peace on life. And he'll give you all sorts of advice on things you can do to find peace in life without salvation. But don't go to Jesus Christ and ask for peace in life without salvation. Because he'll look at you and he'll say, I didn't come to give you peace in life. I came to give you salvation. Right? We're not a good Feel, feel good kind of club here. You know, find your religion, find your peace, but you will find no hope in those things. No hope beyond the grave. You may have hope of a happier life for a little while. If you follow a Christ who is not risen, you don't follow Christ at all. So then why even play the game? That, that is, to my mind, the most baffling thing I ever come across is people who clearly don't believe the Bible claiming to be a Christian. People who clearly don't believe the Bible claiming to teach Christianity, claiming to teach the Bible in some way as if it was important if it was not true. I'll tell you what, if it was not true, we can throw this book away and go home, you know, uh, because we're wasting our time if, if, if that's all it is. Someone who, who follows a person doesn't get to decide what the person they follow is going to say. Right? Someone who follows a leader doesn't get to decide what that leader is going to do. That's the difference between a follower and a leader. You're the follower, he's the leader. You don't get to decide, he gets to decide. What you get to decide is whether you will follow. But you don't get to decide what the leader does. He's the leader, the leader makes those decisions. Someone who decides to follow the truth doesn't get to decide what is true. You follow the truth. You don't make it up. We live in a world that seems to think they can make it up as they go. And, and the funny is they were doing that then. And Paul is calling it absurd. He's, he's, he's saying it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. If you're deciding what you will believe about Jesus, you are not a follower of him. You don't decide what you will believe about Jesus. You discover it. You know, there's a, a great belief out there that we come to the Bible and we put into it what we will believe. And a lot of people do that, but don't do that. You don't come into this Bible and read into it what you will choose to believe. You pull out of it what it says, and you believe it, right? This is something that tells us what to believe, not something that we tell what we will accept. If you come in and you say what you will believe, you are a pretend believer. 
You are not a real believer. You are a pretend believer. You are not a Christian, so why pretend? It gains you nothing. I, I, I cannot fathom that. It does not make sense to me. And Paul tells us right here, he says, to pretend to be a Christian without a risen Christ is, is pointless. Right? Let me read it again. 15, 16 through 19. He says, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. Right? Worthless, useless, a waste of time, an, an effort that, that has failed. And you are still in your sins. If Christ has not been raised, then your sins have not been paid for. You say, well, he paid for them on the cross. You're right. But what is the evidence we have that he paid for them on the cross? That he rose victorious over the grave. And if he did not raise, rise from the dead, then we have no evidence that what he did was effective. Right? We have no evidence that it was real, that it, it gives us anything. Uh, but if he rose from the dead, that's something else. And then he says this, Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ uh, have perished. What's he, say? he says it's too late for them. There's no hope for them. If the dead are not raised, then those who have fallen asleep in him have perished. They're gone. They're dead. There's no hope for them. But you know what? He, 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 he says, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we're most people most to be pitied. But then he says, verse 20, which is so awesome. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. And he says, in fact, he has. Not we hope he has, we wish he has, we think he has. This is not wishful thinking. This is reality. We do have a risen Savior. We do have a living Lord. Have you ever experienced something that your mind could not take in, the reality of what you were experiencing? You know, I, I'm, I, it's funny because I can, I can remember that feeling, but I can't remember what caused it. It's like I have this vivid memory in my mind of just of going like, you know, not knowing how to respond to something. Mean, I remember once, I, was, uh, I had just graduated from Bible college, and we were pastoring at this church in downtown Spokane. And uh, uh, we <laughs> it's funny, because I haven't thought about this story in a long time. And, and uh, I had ridden my bike to church that day and left it in the basement, and, uh, or I left it in the entryway, and, and, and we were driving right by there on what I thought we were on our way to something else. What I didn't know was that there was a surprise party waiting for me in the basement of that church. And they were going to come up with an excuse to drop me off at the church so I would stumble into this. Well, I'm the one who came up with the excuse. I said, oh, wait a minute. I have to run my bike downstairs. <laughs> and so they go, well, okay. So I ran in. I grabbed my bike. I ran down the stairs. I set my bike down. Everybody goes, yay! <laughs> and I'm doing this. <laughs> and my mind could not take in what I saw. It was not able to comprehend. Imagine, imagine you're at the grave. You walk to the empty tomb, and an angel is sitting there and says, He is not here. He is risen. And you look in and you say, He is risen? <laughs> and he says, You think? <laughs> or, you know, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, he's. You're, I, I cannot imagine what it was like for them, right? I cannot imagine, not just surprising where you do a little double take, but where your mind literally cannot take in what you're seeing. That's the resurrection of Christ. We, you know, because, because we are, you know, uh, Christians who are repeating Easter, 
You know, most of us have, this, this is not our first Easter since accepting Christ. If this is your first Easter since accepting Christ, awesome, congratulations. I hope it's a blessing for you. Uh, yeah, but, but, but you know what? I've had a lot of them. <clears throat> They're always awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're always good, but, there's, but I don't have the shock value. You know, the shock value, I know what Easter's going to bring. I mean, who knows what Easter may bring next year, or today even still. We don't know what's going to happen in this world, but we know what we plan for Easter. We know we put all those things together. We're not surprised by it. Uh, they were surprised by it. In the realm of unlikely things that happen, this is the unlikeliest thing that has ever happened. Right? Uh, and, and, and how unlikely it is doesn't change the fact that it's real. He says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Uh, he, is, he, he has been raised from the dead. It's not a discussion of theory. It's a discussion of reality. And it changes everything that he has been raised from the dead. And, and it says, in fact, he has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That word, first fruits, is a great word. Uh, it, you know, it talks about not just the first in order, it talks about the first in quality. But more important to me right now is it means there's more to come, right? He is the first fruits. He is not the only fruits. And you and I, we're a bunch of fruits. <laughs> you know, we, we, are, we are part of this that's going on. We are part of it. He is the first and the best, but he is the proof that more will come. And then we look at verses 21 and 22, and he is the means. For as by one man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all be made, shall all be made alive. Right? All who get new life get it through Christ. There is no other way to get new life. It, it, he, is, he is not just the evidence of it, but he is the means of it. He is the way it comes to us. He is the one who gives it to us. You know, he gives us a little theology there. He says, he says death came by one man, Adam. Life comes through one man, Jesus. It, it's a little... Uh, Theological evidence there, discussion about why Jesus had to come as a man. As a man came, brought death, so a man brings life. And Jesus won, and Jesus gives life. And that is what Christianity is all about. That is what gives us hope. That is what gives Christianity meaning. That's what gives it substance. It's about what Jesus did for us. It's about what Jesus gives to us. It's about what Jesus won for us. Because he is alive, so we are alive. Because he defeated death, so we defeat death. Uh, his tomb is empty, so ours will be also. <laughs> is there any chance you've been thinking Christianity is just a religion? That you've been thinking Christianity depends on what you do? That you do the right things, you say the right words, you go the right places, you wear the right clothes? And that makes you a Christian? Is there any chance you've been, you've been thinking it's just a religion? That it doesn't really matter what it means, what it says or not, so long as it means something symbolic? Is there any chance you've been thinking the death of Christ is not that big a deal? Or the resurrection of Christ is not that big a deal? Have you ever thought that being born again is a metaphor? Because I want to tell you something, it's not a metaphor. It's not a metaphor. When we come to Christ, he gives us new life. Not pretend new life, not symbolic new life, new life. Something becomes new in us. We, it, it happens. It's real. It's not symbolic. Jesus really died. 
I was once talking to a Christian scientist, and most people don't know much about Christian scientists who aren't Christian scientists. You think, well, there's somebody who takes a scientific view of Christianity, right? That's not it at all. It, it, the, the saying is they're like grape nuts, they ate grapes and they ate nuts. <laughs> uh, Christian scientists are neither Christian nor scientific. Uh, it's, it's a bizarre group, but, but they believe, as a rule, that Jesus rose uh, spiritually but not physically. And, and, and they, because they believe that matter is, is, is not real and spirit is real, and, and then you pinch them, say, was that real? <laughs> Poke them with a needle. <laughs> it's not real, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Try that a few times. Uh, would be kind of fun in a mean way. But <laughs> so I was talking to a Christian scientist, and I said, do you believe that Jesus really died and really rose? That he's really man and he's really God? Because a Christian scientist, if he believes proper Christian scientist doctrine, must answer no. This man looked at me and he said, yes. Wow, cool, welcome to the family. <laughs> you know, uh, because he, and he was a Christian scientist pastor, whatever they call them, I couldn't make sense out of it, because uh, that's what they believe. I mean, I've read it in their material. Uh, but if he didn't, if these things are not real, if he did not really die and really rise from the dead, if he did not, was not really man and really God, then none of it's real. None of it means anything. But he, the point is, he did really die. He did, let's go back a little earlier in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul gives us at the start of the chapter the very essence of the gospel. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, that He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James and to all the apostles, last as of all as to one untimely born, He appeared to me. And what's He saying? He's saying it's real. This is the essence of the gospel. This is, this is it. He says, the gospel which I preached. And what's he say? Jesus died. He, he was buried. He rose the third day. And it's real. That's the gospel. That's the gospel that we must believe. Without that, Christianity is nothing. And what are we doing here on Easter? <laughs> We're proclaiming that. We're proclaiming that, exactly that. And if by any chance, as I'm doing this, you say, wow, I never actually realized this was supposed to be real. I, I, I never understood that, that I'm supposed to take this as fact. You know, a lot of people have this religious section of their lives and the factual section of their lives. And they don't realize that this fits here. But it does. And if it doesn't, it's of no value whatsoever until it fits in your real life. If you've never realized that, and I'm saying that today, and, and you're sitting there feeling challenged by that. You're sitting there going, I don't know what to do with this. Let me tell you what to do with it. <laughs> or what you can do with it. You, 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 you go to Jesus. It's not hard. You don't actually go anywhere. Although you can. I, I've told the story many times. When I went to Jesus, I went into my room, locked the door, and turned off the light. Because <laughs> I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing, just in case I was making a fool of myself. Right? I was embarrassed. 
to stand in front of anybody and let them know I was a Christian. <laughs> I just find that utterly, you're incredibly funny uh, anymore. But, uh, but that's what I was. And, and I prayed to him, Dear Lord, if this is true, I want it. <coughs> Amen. Went to bed. <laughs> More or less. And I got up in the morning and found out it was true. I had a mustard seed of faith. A mustard seed of faith. I did, not, I did not pray that prayer knowing it was real. I prayed that prayer wondering if it was real. Jesus Christ changed my life. Not, not from a normal person into a strange person. <laughs> I was kind of strange already. <laughs> But he, he, he changed my life. He made me something new. If, if you're sitting here and you're hearing these things, what I'm telling you is that's the formula I know. Come to God honestly. Come to God honestly and offer him yourself. You don't have to be convinced. And here's the thing. This, this is the safest bet you'll ever take. Because if it's not real, you haven't lost a thing. Right? And if it is real, you've gained everything. Okay. If, if you're hearing this and you're going, hmm, that makes sense. It does. It does make sense. I, I invite you to, to pray that prayer and come to Christ. Let, let the day we celebrate Jesus' victory over, the death, over death be the day you can celebrate your victory over death. Because our victory is in him and only in him and what he did. Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for your victory. I thank you that you are risen indeed. I praise you for the empty tomb. I praise you for the shock of the resurrection. Lord, new life for old. Lord, I thank you that you gave that gift to me so undeserving as the song says, you saved a wretch like me. Dear Jesus, I praise you and thank you for that. And if there's anyone here who needs that salvation, that you'll give them the courage and the willingness to pray that prayer themselves. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name.